All right. So we're here we are. Hey. Experimenting with a new camera for you at oh, home. Yeah. Looks like it's working so far. Yeah, a little shaky, a little jiggly. It makes me more aware of, of how fertile my beardness is. Yeah. It's like the early crescent all over your face. It, early crescent like are you talking about like the dawn of humanity yeah, like iraq dawn it's like iraq and syria right here you're saying i have like an arabian style beard or just no, a, i mean it's, that's how fertile thing of, got it yeah. yeah fertile crescent fertile crescent fertile crescent got it yeah the beard is uh you know i go through these things between rap battle production seasons because once once filming starts usually got to get rid of it yeah weird thing in order to glue a fake beard to your face you have to have a clean shaven face yeah, it's kind of strange how that kind works. Kind of strange for certain kind of beards. So we use a couple of different kind of beards. The best ones are when they literally just lay in pieces of hair. Uh, it takes forever. How long are the strips? Little tiny strips. Little pieces of hair. It's a weird... You, know, you get up in the morning, you shave your face. I usually have to shave my head. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I do the egg, egg man thing. <laughs> I go in, I sit in a chair, and uh, they start gluing on my face. Okay. And then by the end, I've got this this beard I've always wanted, and uh, but I know it's not real. And then between seasons, I try to grow it, and I'm I, every day I'm getting one day further that I've never gone before, because I've never seen I've never pushed it. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep going. We got a while before we start filming. Yeah. So keep it going the whole way. I'm gonna keep going. So on behalf of both of our beards, welcome to the Nice Peter Podcast. It's intro music for the nice Peter podcast. You know what I want to talk about first today? Podcasting. Oh, how, this is how, how much it is in my bones now. Yeah. I yeah. just I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, same here. And I can't tell, am I more excited about this process for me am i hoping that people out there will enjoy it are you are you enjoying it as much as i am i hope it's i think the most exciting thing for me is the the idea of growing something new yes the the rap battles i love them but they're so big that if if we get you know eight million views instead of nine million views in the first week and a half it's a sad, it, it's a sad it feels like a disappointment yeah. And it's it's gone. It's so preposterous. Yes. And the the most fun was was growing it, mm-hmm. and this this concept of like planting these seeds and it's like I used to have a garden on on the YouTube channel, and now I've got like a a, a fully operational orchard. Yeah, you have like a factory farm. It's not a factory <laughs> farm. Now hang on, hang on. Now it's just a big organic collective. Absolutely. All right. It's very efficient. Yes. Kind of. We waste a lot of time. Let's be honest with them. We yeah. spend a lot of time playing Call of Duty Zombies. We well, we just started wasting a lot of time playing Call of Duty. We, what did we, we used never to used do? to. What was the old distraction? I don't remember. We would kind of jam. We would jam sometimes. Um, I would hit the drums. Hit the drums. Walk around like pacing. Pacing. A lot of pacing. The rap battles process is a lot of uh, like <laughs> five minutes of creativity. And then 20 minutes of you playing the same, uh, like, eight bars. Sure. My favorite one of those experiences was was, was working on the uh, the Nikola Tesla rap. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there listening to the same 
thing yeah. over and over again. I when I write raps, I'm really excited to have when we all when we have Lloyd here so we can talk yeah. about the writing process. Absolutely. And, I, yeah. and talking to you about songwriting is always interesting to me. But when I write it, I, I hear it in the music. I can't I can't write raps without the music. Same here. Yeah. You, you write you need a rhythm to it. And and when some of my favorite raps that produced by anyone mm. are always very reliant on the on the rhythm. It's playing with the melody of one of the instruments or it's going sure. back, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can write jokes that are rhythmic all day. Right. But they don't matter until you can lock it into to the music. Yeah. So that jives with the part. But Lloyd I think writes very differently. R- Lloyd writes prolific lyrics. Yeah. And then sits down with the music. Yeah. Oftentimes. So it's, it's it's interesting how we come at it from different ways. Now, when you write a song, do you write the music first or the words? Or um, I think I write the music first most of the time. Kind of do 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 do. Unless do, I find like a fun phrase I like saying over and over again, and I'll try to make that a melody. Sure. And I'll try to build music, but it doesn't happen most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Songwriting is a, a joyful process. A lot of noodling. Do you you noodle a lot as well before you start going? I, I noodle too much. I yeah. really think, and I say this often, that I learned how to play guitar over one summer in yeah. Long Island, New York. And I haven't really learned that much since because <laughs> that, that was the last time I sat down with like a book and, and learned new things. Yeah. Like new fingerings that felt weird the first time. Yeah. And for ye- years since then, I've just been kind of doodly doodly do. Yeah, me too. Over the same stuff. But you've been doing a lot of. I've been, I've been trying to learn more. Yeah. A lot of working on the. Working. Thank God. Uh, uh, Reddit.com slash R slash guitar. I didn't mean, I need to do that. The R subreddit. The guitar subreddit. Yeah, that was really awesome. Really complicated. It really complicated. What do they do on the guitar subreddit? They just share things like uh, people's videos that are making cool instructional stuff and little guides and also just talking about guitar stuff that people like. But my favorite stuff is like the great um, videos that are being made of of uh, interesting studying and more so practice techniques to get better. To get better. Yeah, this one guy did like the spider technique, and Ooh, it's yeah, like it's that. very yeah. hard. And yeah. It's like what? You're yeah. Doing? But you hear him play, you're like. Oh, that's how you do that. Getting better, man. It's it's something I, you know, I often, I get stuck in this wishing I had done it already instead of being like, you know what, I'm going to do it today. Because if I start getting a little bit better today, in a year, I'll be so good. That's the truth. It's, it, it, But it's so hard as you get older to, to remember that you can get better. Mm-hmm. I read this thing that talked about how foolish it was of us to think that we're going to be the same in five years. That we're going to be even close to the same person. Yeah. Ten years. Which can be different people. Yeah, it's something I forget about. And we can start now on what that means mm-hmm. to us. I don't know. I don't know how to read music. It's been always my greatest you can, you insecurity can myself. Well, I've been taking a lot of uh, lessons from people, from professionals and so musicians. Uh, I, I, did, I took piano lessons. I took vocal lessons. And I've taken drum lessons all in the past few years. I think we got some cats we coming cat to join us. In. You want to come in, Kitty? Maybe Do you have anything not. to add? No? No cats. Oh, yeah. He's coming in. Oh, hey, kitty. So, uh, taking all these lessons from people, and the um, mostly with drums, I'm learning more how to read rhythms, and that was always the hardest part for me when it came to reading music. Sure. And now that you're like, you have an instrument that's so that's focused on rhythm, it makes everything make more sense to me. And also doing it in these isolated, uh, very focused environments. I mean, and, and I've seen measurable progress in my playing. As, as, as have I. It's listening just, to, I was listening to some recordings we made the other night in the, the two hundred two hour forty six minute jam session. Yeah. Which I cut up into little pieces. Maybe we'll, let's put a little piece in here. Well, my mama she tried to give me a kiss. I said, No, mama, please, it just makes me sick. And my daddy tried. 
thinking about them mm-hmm. i just accepted them as a you know a intricate drum loop and i remembered oh my god that's dante on the drums that's cool and you didn't come into this musical partnership as a drummer no did but not. you've kind of always been the, the yeah. drummer yeah on most songs i think i, I played drums on best spot in the lot mm-hmm. but on the shay carl song that was you on drums yep couldn't have been anybody else you know worked out it worked out yeah worked out uh got to see shay down at disney world that's cool i saw some got pictures to, got to really embrace him and, and reconnect with him yeah and uh, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to a special young man named Ron, mm-hmm. named Hi, I'm Ron. Yeah. So Ron retired from Maker Studios today. Yes. Ron, I was just saying outside, is like the Benjamin Franklin of <laughs> Maker Studios. It's become this big country. Yeah. You know, big, big business, big, huge thing, big, big, giant thing. But Ron is a founding father. Yeah. And he wasn't Thomas Jefferson. You know, that's Casim. He yeah. wasn't George Washington. That's that's Shea. Yeah. He never ran for president, but he was the guy that all the presidents talked to and yes. could count on. Yeah. And was there to be to be wise and to be steady and to be in a good, positive headspace. And Ron taught me about making videos. He really did. Mm-hmm. I, I I used to work with him in his back room and and learn. I I didn't know anything about making YouTube videos, and he would show me different videos he was working on, and had you know some had different amount of views than the other. And he taught me this concept that I'll never forget. Of he called them, I think he called them floaters, and the way I I think of it is going into orbit. So when you make a certain kind of video, it it launches and it goes up, and how, you know based on how many subscribers you have, or or you know the title or the thumbnail, it goes up and then it goes down, mm-hmm. and then that gets about as many views as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Unless you happen to stumble onto it or something. Mm-hmm. But Ron taught me about this idea of putting something into orbit. So you, you shoot it up with such efficiency and it's so streamlined. It has enough fuel, has all the right things it needs to get up into this place where it then just never stops. Just never stops flying. That's a concept I've never heard, honestly. I, I learned that from, from High and Ron. And, and so what, what's the difference between a floater video and an orbiting video uh, based on production? So he called orbiting videos floaters. That they go out and they okay, keep floaters. The idea to me is that you make something that everyone who sees it, they want to show it to somebody else because it makes them feel or look cool mm-hmm. for doing it. Yeah. That's, it's an understanding of the human condition that like, we like to feel good. Yes. And if you can make a piece of content that makes someone not only feel good when they watch it, but give them this, dude, you got to see this moment. Yeah. And that dude, you got to see this moment has... There's a lot of really important parts to that. You cannot waste any time. Yeah. You don't, if you, if you ever make somebody have this experience, dude, you got to see this. Hang on, it gets awesome. Your video's never going to get into orbit. If, if, if there's like a weird 20 second thing at the top that's like kind of boring and weird, 
Yeah. It's just, it's going to prevent that. They're going to, the first time they show it to somebody, they'll be like, dude, you got to see this. Uh, it gets, no, it gets cool. Trust me. They're not going to do it again. But yeah. if they, if they show it to somebody and the guy's like, oh, this is so cool. Sandy, you got to see this. I don't know who Sandy is, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's yeah. to me the, the essence of what makes a video always keep going. Mm-hmm. And part of that is putting in things that you, you don't even notice the first time so that the person, the person watching it again with their friend has a different experience than they did the first time. So then they, they want to watch it again, show it to another friend. The other friend gets to enjoy it. They get the feeling of sharing something with their friend that's cool. Yeah. And then they also get this new personal experience of like, dude, I never noticed he has, he has six legs in that one shot. That's so weird. Why'd they do that? That's a terrible example because we've never done that. But No, but it is interesting. All those ingredients, they go into making a video that just is like a rocket. Now, at what part do you think you have to start building the, uh, we'll call it the orbiter, the... The, the, um... the booster. The booster that's going to keep you into orbit. Like, like, is that? Do you do that in the writing process? Do you do that in the post process? Do you do that in the shooting process? It's it's in all process. It's never it's never forgetting that you want something that isn't held back by itself. That you want to make something that that just like in, when it comes to writing a rap battle, the the very be- you know we're, we're fortunate we set it up in a way that it's like very clear what it is from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and you know it says epic rap battles of history, and then it says who it is. And usually that person is interesting because it's a famous person from history. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, cool. I recognize you. Yeah. yeah. Love me some Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's very clear what it is right away. Mm-hmm. But then we also make sure that the, the first line is clear. It sets, yeah. it, it sets up what this is going to be. Yeah. Four score and 65 years in the past. I won the Civil War with my beard. Now I'm here to kick your ass. <laughs> it's very clear from the very beginning. Yeah. What is this about? Mm-hmm. This is about that dude. Gangsta Abe Lincoln. Yeah. And Chuck Norris, and there's some beard discussion. Yeah. So it's just, well, it's, it's think, shaving off any of those things that might drag it down. I think that's a good example of that video because it keeps on ramping up a little bit more and more. The, the way in which it ramps and at the time that it ramps, I think, is very interesting and very helpful to see its success. Because you have like the penny dumping thing. Penny dumping. You have the, the growing Chuck Norris. And that's all right. towards the end, if yes. I'm correct. Um, but it, towards the beginning, I mean, it just continues to escalate. And you, I think those are the the boosters that are able to keep it in orbit when you have like, uh, Abe Lincoln, like mean mug in the camera a little bit, you know, you don't have to keep it in orbit though. It's getting it. Once it's into orbit, it never stops. That's, that's the thing. What about the, but the, the life of the video in its view while you're viewing it? I feel like there's kind of a, a propulsion there. Okay. Yeah. That, that to me is, you know, that's, that's the aerodynamics of the video. Okay. It can't have any moments that are like. That part was weird. Gotcha. If there's a part, you know, we go over it over and over again looking. I look at my videos like the worst person, like the most critical person on earth. I pretend I'm him and I sit and I'm like, I'm looking for something that sucks. Yeah. I'm looking for it. That mm, that might suck right there. Yeah. And I'll go go over it again and just kind of iron it out Mm -hmm. until, until you can't find anything that sucks, even if you're looking for it. And that is, I think, what that contributes to the aerodynamics of it. Yeah. This all came to me. I was... I don't know. Have we talked about the 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 rocket Nazi dude here? Or no, just not didn't? here. Okay, so the guy who invented the space program for the United States was a Nazi, a card carrying member of the SS. Von Von something. I Von something. Look it up. Should I look it up. I, I mean, I hope this isn't rude to you that I'm looking it up on my phone, but it's the modern times. Cool. So if, if you're not watching and you're just listening, Dante's going to look this name up on the phone. So this 
this guy who invented, literally, was in charge of, of our United States moon exploration program. He invented all the rockets. He was a Nazi. Um, you know, he, I, I'd like to think he was a scientist first. Absolutely. And a Nazi second. But let's not kid ourselves that what he was doing in Germany during World War II was trying to invent a ballistic missile. Yes. He did invent the ballistic missile. And he did it with the help of Jews working as slaves Correct. to build these missiles. Correct. So, Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun. So, in one hand, you have this amazing technological advance that qualifies this dude as a, a, a great man. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, Albert some, Einstein could have done the same thing yeah. and, and, and stayed in Germany and, and worked for the Nazis. And he chose not probably didn't help that he was also Jewish. But yes, it how does that balance? You've got this guy invented all this great stuff. He was a Nazi. He did use slave labor. He agreed to make missiles. Yeah. You know, in, in his mind, I'm sure it was the only way to keep working on his technology, on his dreams. You'd ho- you'd certainly hope so. I think I hope so. Yeah, but maybe he was really like, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to imagine yeah. what was going on inside his head. And there's it just shows like the amount of gray that can exist in the world of diplomacy, war, sure. progress. Yeah, it's like some things have to happen so that I other can... things can happen. That's very general, but that's no, the gist. I can see the American government be like, "Look, I know you used to be a Nazi, but we really need you to help us win the space race so we can achieve." supremacy over the soviet union so let's put the nazi thing behind us yeah and maybe he was like thank god i never wanted to be a nazi i'm a fearful man mm-hmm. i just wanted to do my science and that was the only way i knew how and i'm sorry yeah i made a mistake yeah. maybe he slept with guilt maybe he didn't care it was yeah. like whatever don't care who's paying me nazis america whatever yeah. just want to build gotta rockets, build rockets. <laughs> gotta build that's my thing so i I don't know what was going on in his head. I was just blown away. I just hadn't, it's just not something they teach in school. No, they don't. No, they leave that part they out. They leave, you know, we talk about the space. We talk about landing on the moon. We talk about all this stuff. Yeah. We don't ever talk about the fact this guy was a SS member. Yeah. Not, not just like a kind of a Nazi. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he wore a pin. Yes. A little swastika pin. Yeah. That's. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I, I wonder if there was ever talked about during that time of, uh, of history, if while he was building, while he was early NASA, yeah, if that was out there or that was really concealed, if the, his name was even brought up to the public, yeah, I don't, was it known to the people working at NASA? Were there any, uh, you know, other Jewish scientists who would just kind of like give him a bump oh, that's, in the that's hallway? Be an uncomfortable workplace, yeah, because he's in charge, he's the boss, yeah. But you know, would they, would they just do little things, you know, tie his shoes together? I think that's a very petty, yeah. petty reaction. I'm not, yeah, I'm not I saying. Can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine either. That must yeah. have been some tension. It was still pretty fresh. Yes, it's very fresh. You know, it's still uncomfortable. But back yeah. then, that was still fresh. Yep. Those people, Holocaust survivors were alive. Yep. A lot, you know. Very alive. Very alive. Yeah. They hadn't passed away from old age yet. Yeah. Now that, I think there's not that many survivors no, left. There are some, though. There, there are some. Yeah. There was a beautiful picture of a Holocaust survivor on Reddit yeah. like, with a small child or something. I don't, I don't remember the details of it. But yeah, those are inspiring people, man. Sure. So the rocket program, while I was watching a television show called Nazi Super Weapons. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm fascinated by World War II. I'm fascinated by science. Uh, Netflix, I just signed up for Netflix. Yeah. A new Netflix account. I had my old Netflix account using promo code AskCasm. <laughs> awesome. From, from the old AskCasm Ask days, absolutely. Oh, the best show on the internet, Correct. I can say. I it agree just 100%. Is. 
It, it, I, someone needs to make something like it again. Casim needs to make it again. It, it but even if he, even if he doesn't, heart. it's okay. It, it, yeah. it is. It always will be. It but I a, need that. It was a great show. Yeah. It was such a good show. If yeah, you haven't seen Ask Casim and you're out there, I, I hope he still has him up. He, he better. Yeah, he, he'll have him up. Just yeah. go, go check it out. It started literally him just in front of a camera answering questions. Yes. And then when he, he started working with an amazing editor. Yeah. It turned into this incredible odyssey and a, of and visuals. And a great crew, too. Yeah, yeah. Because he includes the entire crew in on it. Everyone becomes a character. Yeah. And there's always a gag. And you just, you get to know everyone. It was like the Howard Stern show on, on the yeah. internet. Everyone had a, a name and a role and a title. Yeah. And and Kasim just has a unique way of being like, I don't care how weird you are. You have a place here. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to make fun of you because I love you. That's how you know I love you. Just because yeah. I'm making fun of you so bad. And it's almost, I get nervous when Kasim doesn't make fun of me. I'm like, I don't know if he loves me anymore. Uh, but uh, what was the point of that? Uh, ask Kasim, Nazis. Oh, uh, Netflix. Netflix. Ask Kasim, Nazis, Netflix. So I signed up for a new Netflix account because my old one like expired. And I only watched one program and it was Nazi super weapons. I just was looking around. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. It's yeah. science, World War II. So then the amazing things that Netflix suggested to me, you know, because Netflix yeah. has these algorithms where they suggest. So all I've seen is Nazi super weapons, like three episodes of it. Oh, it's a multi-series. Yeah, it's a seven episode series. Oh, okay. Fascinating. They, you know, they talk about U-boats, the German submarines. They talked about the rockets. Yeah. But then what Netflix decided was me based on the fact that all I've ever watched is Nazi super weapons, mm-hmm. was incredible. I don't even, I should have taken a picture of it. It was just like tons of Nazis, tons of weapons. It was yeah. just every program that it thought I wanted to watch. You like Nazis? You, you like weapons? Exactly. Check this out. Yeah. So uh, that, that, was, that was an afternoon, an evening. And then I learned about this, this Nazi rocket scientist and the fact that he pioneered our space program. And it just, I, I thought that was going to be a big piece of news when I told you. And you were you're like, yeah, duh. Well, they've been talking about, uh, Joe Rogan talks about that a few times. He does. And that's what got me into go, whoa. And I looked into it and yeah. So we, what's what's forgivable in the in the name of science? What's not? Why didn't that guy go to jail? Like a lot of Nazis went to jail. Yeah. They're hung. Yeah. Um, and that guy, that guy didn't strangle they, anyone with his bare hands. No. But he was certainly. Implicit in deaths. He invented the V2 rocket. Yeah. Which was fired over the channel into London to just blow people up indiscriminately. Yeah. Is that worse or better than killing people with your bare hands? I don't, I don't then, even know. Then we get back to the drones. I know. Here come the drones that, all over again. That just, it's just such an interesting, like, I understand the war crimes thing. I, I really do. There is something different yeah. about rounding a bunch of people up and just, you know, just murdering them. Yeah. But is that that much different from firing missiles across the channel into a city? And then is that that much different than Americans and the English just bombing German cities? Got a little hairy. I think it's it's all about the science pass, you know? Because it's not like he's not the one hitting the button. He's not the one planning to shoot. Sure. He doesn't, he, the entire time, he really may have not wanted to necessarily He wanted shoot. to go to the moon. That And that, that seemed to come out in, in the course of the program was that his dream was to go to the moon. Yeah. You know, Nazi Germany was like, screw the moon. Can you make that thing blow up? Yeah, that's a bummer. And it is a bummer. But at that moment, he said, yes, I can. And worked very passionately on that. Maybe, hopefully in the back of his mind, he was constantly 
you know, trying to figure out the arc just to get a little bit higher, yeah, a little bit higher straight than up. Right. Yeah. So that got me, that, that was what first put the analogy into my head of like, oh, that's, that's, that's the art of a, you know, I don't even want to use the word viral, but I use, I like the word virality. Mm-hmm. That is the art of a video that, that goes out into the world through the internet and just never stops. And if, I always try to describe the rap battles as like, first, you know, a young person sees it. They show it to their slightly older brother. Their older brother shows it to their slightly older cousin. A couple weeks later, they show it to their the pretty cool uncle in the family. Pretty cool uncle in the family shows it at a party to decently cool dad. Decently cool dad shows it to pretty lame dad. Pretty lame dad takes it to the office, shows it to pretty cool gym. Emails everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually, my dad sees it. Yeah. <laughs> my retired dad. My my father just retired. Uh, Good from, for him. He was the attorney. Uh, he was an attorney in the city of Rochester. Just That's retired. Cool. And, and something that I want to tell you that it was inspiring to me he's gonna still do some work part-time uh for the public defender's office in rochester which i was just like man yeah that's cool dad hell yeah sometimes i want i'm like i want to help people and stuff and i wonder where i got that from and then i i hear that my dad's gonna you know help people who can't afford a lawyer mm-hmm. even though he's retired mm-hmm. it's like all right that's really cool yeah it is cool so that's that that's what my dad's doing and that's how he eventually sees epic rap battle videos somebody who's like nine steps later of sharing yes of that that idea of dude you got to see this and then everybody along the way if they feel good because they showed it to somebody else it'll never stop grandmas will see it mm-hmm. my, my grandparents have all passed but yeah if they hadn't they might have they might have seen them my, there's no chance my my one remaining grandmother would have seen a rap battle is she she's still with us she is um are you sure <laughs> No, 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 I'm not sure. <laughs> not if you're sure she's still alive. Are you sure she hasn't seen any rap battles? She has, but that's oh, because has. like they're forced upon right, her. Right, right, right. But they're she in the doesn't family. interface with any kind of technology okay. that she'd come upon it. Right. My my grandmother, God, God, God rest her soul. She was fascinated by how they could get so much music on such tiny records in the form of a compact disc. Uh, that's awesome. I remember her saying that to me. She was just she was like, "It's such a small record. How did they get all the music on there? Such a little record." Do you think we're going to uh, have that frame of mind? I, I, I do. To some things? I do. Yeah. I know um, there's music I hear today that I'm. it's just too damn loud. Yeah. You know? But it's, but you can still understand how it was made. You can understand some of the tech behind it. Sure. Um, oh, you mean like are we going to be so baffled by? Yeah. I do. Yeah. When we get to a certain age, I think our ability to comprehend new things is just expired. That's not what we're here for. Our our purpose biologically evolutionary is to tell stories of the old ways. Mm-hmm. That's what old people have been doing for thousands of years, mm-hmm. keeping the old traditions. Mm-hmm. I don't think old people are innovators. No, for the no, most no. part, there's some. Yeah, I was going to use the example of uh, a lot has been the same for quite some time, and then things started to kind of change in the 20s and stuff. I think it was when my grandparents were born, 20s ish. Um, the car but truthfully a lot was changing in the 20s from sure. the 20s to 30s I mean, absolutely up to now obviously they've seen all that but the stuff that's happened in the past 20 years is just like it's ridiculous. forget it yeah. i can't even i don't want to try my father i remember seeing him dial a number in his cell phone he, when he called my mom <laughs> so he punched in the number yeah and i i was like you, you know you just hit a button and it just calls her yeah and i think he understood that but he just it didn't he didn't care yeah. It's like, no, I, I dial the number. Yeah. I know your phone number, I dial it. Yeah, that's reasonable. 
Well, you know, he lived for a certain amount of years with that. Mm-hmm. Probably took a lot of pride in memorizing numbers. That that might be a t- I mean, that might be smart. It might keep your brain a little more active. Yeah, trying I've to memorize. Forgotten numbers. almost all of my younger numbers, dude. If you lose your cell phone now, you are screwed. I don't There's know no your phone number. I do know yours. You know mine? Because yours is mine's a little easier to remember. Yeah, but I don't know. Especially Mary's. since it's just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. You don't know Mary's cell phone number? No, I used to. Right. Uh, but I just got a new one tonight. <laughs> I should probably know it. But, yeah. Um. Uh, God, I should really know it. it if you find yourself in a look, you're never gonna think you need to know it until you need to know it. Yeah, and I'm glad you know my number, but I'm not the most reliable guy in the world. Yeah, no, I'm not calling you for almost anything. Actually, the time that your car got broken into and I had to call you, I didn't have a phone and I had to go across the street to the across the street to the gas station, and I like looked at a phone and I was like, I don't know anyone's number. And you and called me. I had my eventually. I think I figured it out. So I got my car broken into. Um, Dante was at the studio late at night. Uh, I, let's be real. I don't think I locked my car. My book bag was in the front seat in my laptop is in the book bag. So my laptop computer with all, all kinds of stuff. Everything. I mean, scripts, yeah. lyrics, demos, music, uh, things I was working on. Yeah. Things I needed. Mm-hmm. I can buy another computer. Mm-hmm. It would not be awesome. No. But the, the information on there was irreplaceable. So... You called me. It was four in the morning, something yes. really late. I was in bed. I think I ignored the first three calls. You kept sure. kept yeah. going. I was like, Ugh, what? your car's been broken into. Your computer's gone. I rushed down, get to the studio. Uh, sure enough, my, my book bag's gone. He's, he witnessed someone. like Yeah, watched him walk away with it. Chased after him a little uh, bit, but yep. then, it, then but it got the, weird. He disappeared into the next neighbor's yard kind of thing. That wasn't, it was. Respect. Yeah. It's just a computer. Yeah, not worth endangering your well-being for. Yeah, no, you would have you would have stopped that, him if he was yeah. right there. Yes, but he was already he was clearly gone. gone. I heard some noise yeah. when I, as I went to go check on it. He had already been. Look, you called me. You took action. Did the right thing. Yeah. I don't expect you to RoboCop your way through the situation. No. Do I look like RoboCop? You feel like RoboCop. <laughs> so I showed up, um, and there were police. I think already there at that yeah. time. Called they, them. They had. Get, you called the police. Yeah. All right. So they were there. He had committed another break-in of some some kind, something. They caught the dude. Mm-hmm. They found him. He was in the back of a police car. Police come to me. They're like, you know, we caught this guy. We know it's the guy. He was breaking in somewhere else, but he doesn't have your bag with him. We think he stashed it somewhere. We're going to take him down to the station, whatever. Yeah. And I asked the police, I was like, look, man, I, you know, if somebody's stealing a book bag in the middle of the night, they something's up. Yeah, they, they, they're in a worse spot than me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't need this dude to... He's already spending an hour in the back of a police car scared. Yeah. That's enough punishment for me. Yeah. If he can give me back my computer, we're good here. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm the only guy he wronged. Yeah. So let's just pretend I let him borrow my computer for an hour. Yeah. He tells me where it is. We're good here. Is that, Can we do that? Yeah. He says, you know what? All right. You go talk to him. So whatever, I don't know how I got, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. Police were supportive and nice to me. Not that cool to this dude. And I get it. He's breaking the law, whatever. Yeah. So they let me ask him like, hey man, I, I don't want to press charges against you. If you can just tell me where my computer is, you know, they're saying you, you put it somewhere. He said, no, no, man, they're going to send me to jail, man. Come on. You know, they're going to send me to jail. I was like, dude, look, I'm not going to press any charges. Yeah. I don't want you to go to jail. I just want my computer. I get it. 
it's it's over. Yeah. He was like, all right, here, you know, I put it. He told me where it was. We went, we got it with the police. And then they're still getting ready to put him in the police car and arrest him. Yeah. And I was like, what, what are you doing? I, I, just, I just gave this young man my word. Yeah. He tells me where the computer is. I don't press any charges. This is over, right? Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to arrest him anyway. So they, they send this, he's a young man. Yeah. Send him to jail. I, I felt so bad that I lied. You know, I felt like the, the police, you know, I don't, I don't hate on the police. They were good. They weren't abusing anybody. They're trying to help, but they tricked me into lying to this young dude, giving him my word that I don't want you to go to jail. Just tell me where the computer is. And then they t- take him to jail anyway. Like a, a week. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. He, he, said, he said something really heavy. He was like, you know, my, my girlfriend's pregnant. I, I don't have any money. Yeah. Something, something sad and crazy. Yeah. I was like, that's heavy. A week later, I finally get a call from like a detective saying, hey, we got this kid in custody. So he's in jail for a week. For something, do you want to press any charges? I said, no, I don't. I never did. I don't know. Yeah. Well, then it was but over. didn't they also say that um, they're taking him for something else as well? Yeah, I think he'd been breaking into cars for like a week. Yeah. So. It's not, I, you know, that's me just being a narcissist and just thinking it's my fault. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not. I just, uh, I just felt bad for the dude, you know? I'm sure. It, to be to have to steal, it's not because you're an evil, bad person and you like taking things. Not that kind of petty theft. Yeah. Especially when there's people, you know, there's there's corporate giants stealing millions. And it's completely legal. It's applauded. Yeah. It's like, oh, good. What a what a ballbuster you are, can Steve. Talk, can I take you to lunch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're breaking into cars and stealing book bags out of the front seat at three in the morning, you got some problems. You need some help. Yeah. That's not the answer. I don't know. What are you gonna do? I got just throwing you in a cage for a little while yeah, to hang still... out with people who are might be violent and worse. Yeah, and probably be like, hey kid, what are you stealing computers? Hey, I got some real money. We get out of here. Yeah, you help me sell drugs. Yeah, get you some real money. I don't know. That's that's jumping to conclusions. In the end, it worked out all right. I got my computer back, got my files. He hopefully got out of jail. Uh, it's all done and good. So on that note, on that happy ending, things work out. Things do work out. You get your computer back. Yep, and hopefully you stop stealing and uh, some guy does something nice for you. Hopefully it comes out to him, out for him later on, you know? You start as a Nazi who wants to send people to the moon. You end up the sending Nazis people to the moon. Nazis lose, you end up sending people to the moon. Sometimes, no matter how weird it gets, it's about staying true to your inner goals. Just try not to get distracted by the Nazis. Yeah, don't join the Nazi party. But believe in your dreams. See you next time.